Turn with me please to Hebrews the 6th chapter this evening. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11. Well verse 10. God is not unrighteous to forget your work. Your what? Well what if you never did any work? (laughs) Be nothing for him to remember then. He's not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Work is God's idea. And it's his plan for your life. And everybody's supposed to work. Somebody said, well, I'm retired. Like I said, everybody. Is supposed to work. You're not retired from the kingdom of God. You work. You're supposed to be doing something that is uh, contributing to and helping the people of God. And the things of God. Verse 11. We desire that every one of you do show the same diligence. To the full assurance of hope. To the end. That you be not slothful. But followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Does diligence and faith go together? Do they? Is slothfulness and faith go together? No, they don't. Is diligence spiritual or carnal? How about slothfulness? Is that godly? Or spiritual? Or would that be fleshly? Fleshly. We've been on the subject of diligence now for some weeks. And we've looked at a number of things. And we let me give you this definition again of what diligence is. It's literally, I'm talking about from the Hebrew and Greek words, diligence is vehemence, earnestness, fervency. Uh, Romans 12, 11 says, don't be slothful in business, but be fervent in the spirit serving the Lord. That's another definition of diligence. Somebody say fervent. These three words, vehement. Well, that has to do with being passionate about something. Being enthusiastic and being earnest and being fervent. Another Two words that describe diligence is, and I'm reading these directly from the original word dictionaries now, eager and determined. Found that one today. How many say eager Eager. and determined? determined. If he's saying be diligent, what's he saying? Be earnest, passionate, fervent, eager, determined. As opposed to what? Slothful. Slothful. Well, here's some definitions of slothful. Slothful literally means to lean idly. Paints a picture, doesn't it? (laughs) To lean idly. What are you doing? I'm being slothful. (laughs) Which means I'm doing nothing. I'm not enthused. I'm not excited. Right? I'm not stirred up. I'm not doing anything. And what's worse is, I don't want to do anything. (laughs) 
Except maybe sleep. Sleeping. Yeah. We went back and read scriptures in Proverbs about how the slothful turns on his bed like the door on the hinge. And slothful sleep way too much. I mean, a big priority in their life is resting. (laughs) Big priority. You sleep real hard and then you rest after your hard sleep. (laughs) And you sleep and you sleep and you sleep and you're tired of sleeping on that side. So, oh yeah, that's nice. To be slothful means to be indolent or slack, to be remiss. Now, here's some other definitions of diligent. We've already given them to you. The last one we said was eager and determined. Here's ones we've already given you. Promptly, early, one was at dawn. And one, you see this frequently, with speed. Diligence is... Now, do you know if you're getting ready, you are not ready? <laughs> are you ready? Uh, almost. Well, I'm getting there in a little bit. What does that mean? You are not ready. <laughs> now, we laugh about it. We think it's funny because, I mean, everywhere you look, there are people that are making other folks wait on them. And, you know, sometimes something can come up that can throw you off of your pre-planned schedule. But when you chronically and consistently make other people wait on you and wait on you and wait on you, it is an indicator of slothfulness and that you're not being diligent. Did you hear that silence? It was loud. And what you're saying, when you're always making people wait on you for no good reason, you're saying, my time is more important than your time. And what I'm doing is more important than what you want to do. So wait on me and don't say a word about it and be happy. Well, that's not nice at all, is it? Very selfish, very inconsiderate. Somebody say, not me. I don't want to be like that. Then you want to be diligent. You want to be earnest, fervent, eager, determined. You want to do things promptly and early and with speed. And particularly when it comes to the things of the Lord. We read the verse that talked about whatever the Lord said to be done for the house of the Lord, let it be done with all diligence. And certainly it should be. And if you drag around and you don't care and you're not enthused and we might get it tomorrow, it might be next week, then you are disqualifying yourself from the precious things of God. Because God looks at the heart. It's not just that it got done some way eventually. He looks at the heart and your desire to do it. And desire affects how you do it. 
And we went through the scriptures and we saw that everything you do, to my New Testament verses now, everything we do, we're not to do it as men pleasers. Right? And just do things a different way if people are watching us or if they're not. What the scriptures say? Do everything you do. How? As unto the Lord. Is he talking about sweeping a floor like you're doing it for the Lord? Huh? Stocking a grocery shelf like you're doing it for the Lord? Yes. And this is a big part of our witness, friends. Isn't it? People watch what we do more than listen to what we say. And if, you know, we're slack on the job and we don't care and we're always late and we're unenthusiastic and all we want to do is preach, tell people about Jesus. Let me tell you something here, friend. If somebody hired you to do a job and the description was not preaching, then they're not paying you to preach. You need to remind yourself what they hired you to do. And what they are paying you to do. Well, yes, but I, my witness is important. And I just feel like it's more important for me to preach. They're not paying you to preach. And you're being a poor witness. You're ignoring Bible verses. That told you to be diligent. And to be prompt and speak. And if you're letting stuff go, you're missing sales because you're over in the corner preaching to somebody uh, for an hour. You're on the phone ignoring customers because you're sharing your heart. You're not doing it on your time. You're doing it on their time. They didn't hire you to do that. They're not paying you to do that. You're robbing from them. And you're ignoring the Bible. And you're being a poor witness. Well, I was talking about Jesus. I don't care. You're ignoring Jesus. Because he said, be diligent. If you feel strongly about something, then you ought to ask the people that are over you. Only if you feel like the Lord dealt with you about it. Is it okay with you if I do this or not? If they say no, then you don't. It's not your store. It's not your company. It's not your thing. Did you hear me? Right. Well, I don't like that. Well, then believe God and get your own. Right. Come on. And do it the way you want to do it. That's right. And if you don't have enough faith to do that, then be quiet. Amen. Let's believe the Bible. Let's obey the Bible. Say amen or something. Amen. Faith, the Bible said, without works. Without what? Works. works. Is dead, unproductive, being alone. And that word is the same word translated idle. Idle means not doing any work. It's like your car sitting there idling. It's not doing the job. It's not, you know, the engine's idling. It's not moving the car down the road. We got to spool it up. Somebody say spool it up. I like to hear a good engine doing work. Do you? Especially a turbine engine. Oh, yeah. Jet engine idles at 40%. I mean, it's getting with it even at an idle. Blood them will spool up over 104%. Oh, man. Makes a roar. It's making some power. And something's going to give. <laughs> Wonder what if we spooled ourselves up? Our spirit and our faith and our mind and our desire. In our bodies, in our work, we brought it up off of idol. And I mean, we brought the throttles up. Yeah. Wonder what had happened. 
stuff would get done and then some. The devil would have to get out of the way. Come on now. People would be blessed. People would be impressed. They'd say, how do you do all that? You go, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about the greater one inside. Let me tell you about being led by the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about faith in Jesus' name. People who are walking in the Spirit get stuff done. People who their job, you know, is not done. They let stuff slide. They're behind. They're always late. They're always delayed so that they can pray, so they can read the Bible. They're playing games. It's not true. They're not nearly as spiritual as they think they are because nothing is more spiritual than the Bible and what God said. Right? And if you're spiritual according to God in the Bible, you're going to look like these verses. Somebody say earnest, earnest. fervent, fervent. Eager. eager, determined, fervent. prompt, prompt. With, speed. with speed. Glory to God. Go with me to Proverbs, the 20th chapter. Proverbs chapter 20. Thank you, Lord. It takes strength to be like that, doesn't it? You can't be worn out all the time, tired all the time. If you've had uh, problems with being tired all the time, let me tell you the first thing to change, your mouth. Quit talk. Every time you hear the word busy or tired come out of your mouth, correct yourself. (laughs) But we're having all kind of fun tonight, aren't we? The Bible said, let the weak say, I am tired and wore out because I am so busy. I just, I'm meeting myself coming back and how y'all doing? Oh man, we're busy. I'm just looking forward to when I can rest sometime and I'm just busy, busy, busy. Well, what if you say that every day? Man, I'm tired. I'm busy. I'm tired. These are not good confessions. Hmm? Let the weak say, not say I'm wore out. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were even. Let the weak say, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If you really are, it's going to affect your daily life. Hmm? You need to think like this and talk like this. I got pep in my step. I'm ready to go. I got all the strength I need for everything I need to do today. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And quit talking this busy, busy, tired, wore out stuff all the time. Stop it. Treat it like cussing. Are you with me now? If you want to change. And here another thing is. Examine what you are doing and eliminate the stuff the Lord didn't tell you to do. And you'll find out you have freed up all kind of time. Like watching TV six hours a day. (laughs) What could you do with those six hours? (laughs) Could change your life. Who was that I saw uh, the other day? Somebody said the average person spends a year of their life looking for socks. <laughs> Over the average course of a lifetime, they'll spend an entire year looking for that other sock 
or the right pair of socks. <laughs> I knew that was bothering me even before this. And so they helped me and built me some little drawers. And it's only got the right socks in each drawer. And man, I think I shaved 15 minutes off of my getting ready time. Well, there are a lot of little things we can do that eliminates wasted motion and wasted time. And before you just launch off and do something, you need to stop for a minute and go, should I be doing this? Not just I'm in a hurry, I got to go do it. Should I be going? Should I be doing it? And when you start talking right and eliminate the wasted time, your life's going to change. You're going to have all kind of time. You have plenty of time to sleep, plenty of time to rest, plenty of time to do the important stuff, and you won't be tired all the time. You won't be rushed all the time. And that's just an extra for you. Proverbs 20. Are you there? Tell me what we're talking about tonight. You got time for this? We're talking about diligence. Is it a Bible thing? Is it good? Is it God's plan? God's will? Now, like I said before, we're not talking about a few lazy people that's not even here that need to hear this. This applies to all of us. Because even you might have been a hard worker and really diligent in one area, but in another area, you've been lazy. You and me, all of us. We've had our areas where we might have done okay, but in other areas, we just actually slothful. So... Let's, don't judge me. I'm not going to judge you. Let's judge yourself. And let's, let's see how we need to stir up and develop in diligence in our own personal life. Now we've talked about a lot of things, but let's get into this tonight. Proverbs, the 20th chapter and the fourth verse. Are you there? Proverbs 24. What does it say? The sluggard will not plow. Why? By reason of the cold. Therefore, what? He will beg in harvest and have nothing. Can you be slothful and slack, idle, and just make confessions and give an offering once in a while and have all your needs met anyway? No, people are trying that. You can't ignore all this and prosper anyway. But notice what he said. Why is the guy not plowing? It's cold. (laughs) It's too cold to plow. (laughs) Well, he might console himself on that day or the next day as to why he's not actually plowing, but it is not going to put any more food in his belly. And he's still going to do without, even though he feels uh, completely justified. In why he didn't plow. He's still going to do without. And go hungry. Now. The slothful mentality. Can become very creative. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? The slothful mind. Can become very. Creative and constructive. Because nobody wants to just say, why aren't you plowing today? I'm lazy. (laughs) I'm just too lazy to get up and go to work. Nah, it'd be rare to hear that. So, if that really is the case, 
And it, how many understand that even on a cold day, you got other people out there plowing? Well, it ain't just the cold then. <laughs> so, you got to come up with a reason. If it's not laziness, what is it? Too cold. Or, I have a special sensitivity to the cold. <laughs> you know, cold bothers me more than other people. I just, ooh, I, I can't take it. <laughs> and there's other reasons. Go to, uh, we looked at this before, go to the 26th chapter. We saw this before, but can you see the slothful mind is creative. Creative in coming up with what? Excuses as to why we're not working today and why we're not doing it now. Proverbs 26 and 13 says what? (laughs) You know, there's a lion out there. You seen a lion? No, I didn't see one, but. You know, there's lions in these parts. And I saw on the news just two years ago uh, that over in the next state there was a lion. Lion out there, ate that man's dog. I like my dog. I don't, I better stay in. Because of what might happen, we're not going to invest effort. We're not going to invest money. We're not going to get up and make the effort. We're not going to do it because of it's too cold, too hot. The conditions are not quite right. Or we might lose it. It might not work. They might not agree. It might not work out. There's dangers out there. This is a dangerous old world. So what's the solution? Stay in the bed. Because my bed is a safe place. (laughs) We'll just stay. Well, the Bible says you're going hungry. And we read last week that Christians are not supposed to help you either. They're actually not even supposed to hang out with you. That's not my words. Did we read it last week or not? If you are unwilling to work, you are not supposed to eat. And Christians are not supposed to fellowship with you. That sounds foreign to people. But we read scripture after scripture in the New Testament. Why? Because it's ungodly. And people need to realize how far off they are. We don't need to make it easy for people to feel like they're okay doing this. And we don't need to support a lifestyle of rebellion and fleshiness and make it easy and possible for people to ignore the Bible, rebel against God's way, and actually drain our prosperity when they are well able and have many opportunities to do their own. Are y'all with me? We need to take these things more seriously. And actually obey the Bible, the New Testament. Well, look at this. Go to Ecclesiastes 11. And we're actually, we're going to, we're going to cover several areas now. This thing's about to branch out on us. 
like the Word of God can. Ecclesiastes 11. Now, in both of these instances and others like it, these individuals are not saying, I am never going to plow. Are they? What are they saying? Not today. It's too cold. (laughs) Not right now. Uh, There's lines around. (laughs) So we're waiting for a better time. A more appropriate time. A more conducive time. A more comfortable time. Actually waiting for the perfect time to do it. And tomorrow, it uh, it could be still too cold or, or, or not quite comfortable enough. Or it could be that way all through winter. And then if you wait a little while, it could be too hot. <laughs> it's definitely been too hot <laughs> recently. And yet, people are working. 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 Notice this, Ecclesiastes 11. And verse 4. Ecclesiastes 11 and 4. He that observes the wind, verse 4, shall not sow. He that regards the clouds shall not reap. Let's just stop here. What if you don't sow? Ain't going to be nothing to reap. What if you sow but didn't reap? Nothing to eat. You're not going to have anything. Listen to another translation. The message says, don't sit there watching the wind. Do your own work. Don't stare at the clouds. Get on with your life. The English version says, if you wait. I'm going to say wait. If you wait until the wind and the weather are just right, you'll never plant anything and you'll never harvest anything. Wait until it's just right. Waiting till the opportunity is just right. Waiting till everything that I am looking for is perfect. The way I thought it should be. What did the Bible say? If you do that, what's going to happen? Nothing. You're not going to sow. You're not going to reap. Keep waiting for the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect thing. Say it out loud. Waiting on perfection. This is an indicator of slothfulness. I'm going to show you several different ways before it's over with, but are you with me on the thought so far? Waiting for perfection. The perfect situation, the perfect circumstance, the perfect opportunity, the perfect, the perfect, waiting on it and Days keep going by and weeks keep going by and months keep going by and years keep going by and you still waiting for the perfect is an indicator of slothfulness. Failure to be diligent. Failure to step out. Let me read the rest of this to you. 
the easy to read said, there are some things you cannot be sure of. You must take a chance. If you wait for perfect weather, you'll never plant your seeds. If you're afraid of every cloud will bring rain, you'll never harvest your crops. The Living Bible simply says it like this. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. Now people say, well, I want God's best. I want God's best. And every good gift and every perfect gift comes from Him. And if it's not perfect, it's not from Him. Well, what do you mean by that? Because in one sense, there is nothing perfect in this earth. If you mean flawless, without issues, without challenges, does not exist in this earth. And when the Bible talks about you and me being perfect before the Lord, he's not talking about perfection of thought or perfection of action or perfection of flesh. It's perfection of heart. Somebody say heart. Perfection of heart. While you're in Proverbs, look at where you're close by. Look at this. Say it out loud while you're turning over there. Perfect conditions. Waiting for perfect conditions. What are you doing while you're waiting for perfect conditions? Conveniently, nothing. (laughs) Nothing. We just keep waiting. We just keep waiting. The Holy Ghost is talking tonight. Will y'all believe with me for the next few minutes? Now, this is important. This is weighty. I don't know. At the times, I've had people talk to me. About what they want to do for the Lord. And, and what they're believing for. And all the things they want to see. And all the things they want to do. And 20 years later they've done none of it. And seen none of it. And they're still waiting. They're still waiting. For perfection. Have you ever heard somebody say. Well if I can't have it. Or if I can't do it the way I feel like is the best, I'd just rather not do anything. You ever heard that? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I'm a perfectionist. I am, I am, I'm a perfectionist. And I've got to have it this way. Perfect. And if I can't have it that way, then just leave me alone. We just won't do anything. We'll wait until we can. You're full of pride, you're ignorant, and spiritually lazy. (laughs) I know from whence I speak, I had thoughts like that in my early days. And there were a few things I didn't do and kept putting off because I want it to be, you know, the very best. How do you think you get to perfection? It's not by doing nothing. So these people that have in their own mind, well, I'm sorry, but I'm a perfectionist. They don't even know what that means. I'm a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist. You know, what some people are trying to say is, I have no patience. (laughs) I want it now. I don't want it my way. And if I can't have it now, then forget about it. 
Just forget about the whole thing. Let me go over this again real slow. Pride, ignorance, lack of faith. How are you going to get? What is perfection anyway? Perfection is completeness. Perfection is fullness. God talks about perfection. Anybody remember James? What it says about perfection. Let patience have her what? Perfect. If you look up the words, it means complete and entire. Let patience, let what? Do patience and perfection go together? Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and what? Entire, wanting nothing. That sounds good, doesn't it? You reach the place of completion. You reach the place of complete satisfaction. You reach the place where you're not lacking or wanting anything. You're there where you had in your heart. You're there what you desired. How did you get there? Patience means, now here's the problem. Some people think patience means passive, idle waiting. It does not mean that at all. Look up the word. It means perseverance. Somebody say perseverance. Perseverance. Look it up. You'll see what we're talking about. Perseverance. It's the same word through faith and patience. We inherit the promises. This is part of our text we read. Isn't it? Where he's talking about be diligent. Be diligent. Don't be slothful. But be diligent and be a follower of those who through faith and Patience inherited the promises. They got it. They wound up perfect and entire, wanting nothing. How'd they do it? Let me tell you what they didn't do. They didn't wait for a better day. They didn't wait for perfect conditions. They hit it. And they waded through imperfect conditions. And they persevered. And they stayed after it year after year and decade after decade. And the example he uses is Abraham. You know how long the man stood. You know all the stuff he went through. Until he got it. He was diligent. To persevere. To endure. Are you with me? Yes. Somebody say perfection. perfection. And patience. 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 So watch how you bander that term around. I'm a perfectionist. If you say it like that. Probably you're nothing at all. Like what the Bible calls Perfection. You got to be willing to start in imperfect conditions. <laughs> Come on now. It's too hot. But that didn't keep you from starting. It's too cold. But here you are. Come on now. Looks like it might rain, but hey, here we go. Huh? There's some rough edges, there's some problems, there's some issues, but we've heard from the Lord. This is the right direction. Let's go. Let's stay with it. Let's persevere. Let's work through it. Let's get through it. Young people, middle-aged people, older people, single people, looking for that perfect spouse. Oh, I'm looking for the, ladies say, I'm looking for the perfect man. Men say, I'm looking for the perfect woman. The perfect. What does that mean? 
well, they're this and they're that and they got this color hair and they're this height and they're this weight and they're this and, and you're too foolish to know that you don't know. <laughs> this, a lifetime relationship, husband and wife, is too big and too long and too in-depth and too complex for you to know. What you're going to have to do is trust God. Did you hear me? And I assure you, they're going to be just like you. They're going to have flesh. And many, 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 many imperfections. (laughs) Many. (laughs) Many. But what would you think they're getting in you? (laughs) Many, 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 many imperfections. (laughs) Their flesh, their mind, their body, their knowledge is not what makes them the perfect one for you. No. What makes them the perfect one? The Lord says so. And he shows you in your heart. And it satisfies your heart. Your head may be still going. Whew. Wow. Didn't know that. Okay. We're going to work on that. But. If in your heart. You know. (laughs) Proverbs 21. <laughs> Proverbs 21. I know uh, I've always had a good ear for music. I can hear tones and I can hear pitch and I can remember sounds and remember chord progressions, but I did not have formal music training and was very ignorant in that regard. And I went to Raymond. And I could, uh, I had learned how to make a few chords on the piano. And I could beat a rhythm to myself. But that's it. Couldn't read music. I mean, hardly knew anything. And I'm in healing school for a couple of months. And uh, one of the people that was involved in it came around one of the practice rooms one day. And I was in there beating on the piano, literally. And uh, they told the leadership, and the leadership told Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin said, send word, tell him I want him to play for me in the services. <laughs> and so they came and said, uh, we'd like, Brother Hagin, like for you to play in the services in the healing school. I said, what? <laughs> no, 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 you don't understand. Uh, I really can't play. I've just beaten on some chords. They said, well, he said he wanted you to play. I thought, yeah, yeah but he don't know. He, he don't know. Really, I'm not trying to be humble. I mean, I really can't play. <laughs> because, I mean, these guys sing. I mean, they're throwing all these hand signals around for chords. And, and E flat, I never heard of an E flat. I mean, that's all the black keys. I stayed away from them. I mean, that's... The minors and the sharps and the flat. I, oh, no, I just, 
Uh, C. C was good. Or G. G was okay. But they said, well, Brother Hagen don't just say stuff off the top of his head like that. If he wants you to come play, you need to pray about this and look at it. I thought, you got to be kidding. I mean, no way the Lord told him that I'm his pianist. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that. I'm just thinking it. I'm, but I realized, well, I better at least pray about this. And I went and got before the Lord about it. And he said, uh, do what he asked you to do. You, I've already told, he'd already told me, help Brother Hagen. Yes. He told me. He said he wants you to help him play the piano. <laughs> I, th- I said, Lord, you know how much I don't know about playing. <laughs> but I wrestled with it and I, and I saw, I'm supposed to do this. And it was hard on my flesh. Because I like to do things right. I like to do things well. And I know I can't where I am. But I put my flesh under. And I showed up. And they sang and I played. And I cringed. And I cringed. And they'd look over at me once in a while and go. (laughs) I'm doing what I can do, man. And I'm looking out across the crowd and I'm seeing people who are tremendous singers. And I saw a guy who's a classical pianist and people who's got degrees I mean they're sitting out there looking at me frowning going and you know what they're thinking they're thinking is this the best brother Hagen can get <laughs> and I'll be honest with you I was almost too proud to do it and see people can make excuses and they won't call it pride oh, well I'm sorry but I can't do it on the standard that I hold myself to. I can't do it on the level, so I'm sorry, but I can't do it. Not even for the Lord. Besides that, how are you going to get to where you want to be? I didn't know, but the Lord had me on a fast track. I needed to be able to do some things at a certain level by a certain time and just, you know, idling around and going by the practice room once in a while wasn't going to cut it. I was going to have to use my faith and apply myself every day and multiple times a day to get where I needed to be. I didn't know any of that. But I did. I plumped and I thumped. And every time I hit a wrong note, I could hear it. And I'm going, oh, man. Here we go. And I'm banging and thumping. And, uh, but in the afternoon, I'd hit the practice room. And I got somebody to come help me. And please help me. <laughs> and they showed me chords. And they showed me progressions. And they helped me with this. Tremendously helped me. David Horton's wife, Cherie. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. She saved my hide, her and the Lord. So <laughs> she could actually play. <laughs> you might think I'm exaggerating. I'm not. I mean, when they'd go this and this and that, I had another clue what they're talking about. I just smiled and went, how's that? (laughs) What about that? I don't know. It's the same key. I know. It's only what I know right now. I'll learn a new one tomorrow. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't far from that. But within a couple of months, I was keeping up. Are you listening? In a couple of months. And in a few more months, the Lord has given me songs. 
And over the next five years, most of the songs that you hear sing around here, the Lord gave them to me. What if I'd have been too much of a perfectionist? And I'm waiting until I get my skill where it needs to be. I'm waiting until it's a better time and I'm better able. How would I get there? God's talking to people. Perfectionist. What does that mean? You keep waiting for perfect conditions and the perfect this and that. You're not going to sow. You're not going to reap. You're going to go hungry. You're going to do without. God is big on stewardship. He expects you to start right now with what you have and do everything you can do with it. I mean, right in the middle of that, they said, uh, Brother Hagen wants you to come speak do the service on Thursday. I said, huh? Do the service. <laughs> no, you don't understand. I, I'm not a preacher. I was a fighter. I could kick you real hard. <laughs> but I, I still got to have a concordance in one hand to find the verse he's talking about. Uh, and I wanted to say, I can't. I wanted to say, I'm not ready. I wanted to say, it's too early. I wanted to say, But yet I've been sitting in class every day hearing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So this challenged me more than trying to play. I I went and literally got in the little closet in the apartment. Literally. Got in it and closed the door. And prayed. said, oh God. I mean, these folk come used to hearing Brother Hagin every day. He's seen you several times. He quotes two-thirds of the New Testament. Right out of his spirit without looking at the Bible. And it's going to be me there Thursday. These people, of course, you know, like he didn't know all this. They, these people got serious needs. They got terminal diseases. They've been given up by doctors to die. They don't need a little novice newbie like me practicing on them. They need some real help. And you know, a lot of that was true. But how am I going to get where I need to be? By sitting by waiting for better conditions and better times and better days and doing nothing? Is that going to get me there quicker? Doing nothing? I got, I'm praying. Finally, I ran out of gas and I'm laying there. Didn't know what else to say. And the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice inside me distinctly. He said, Keith, do you remember the little boy's lunch? Five loaves, two fishes. Yeah. He said, I can take a little and do a lot with it. (laughs) He said, you feel like you don't have much. And compared to somebody like him that's been ministering for 50 plus years, you don't know much, you don't have much. He said, but you've got something. I've given it to you. Take what you've got. Hold it up and thank me for it. Do everything you know how to do with it. Do everything you can do with it and watch me. I will multiply it to meet the needs. So I was encouraged. I thought, yeah, okay. I studied everything I knew how to study and the devil told me, you'll be through this in five minutes. Then what are you going to do? I said, shut up, shut up. God's going to multiply it. Somebody say, God's going to multiply it. 
God's going to multiply it. So I got up there and I held up my little uh, half a sardine and cracker. And I said, Lord, we thank you for this bountiful provision. <laughs> Talking faith, brother. I thank you for helping us, giving us utterance and helping. And I'm telling you, I started and he brought illustrations to my remembrance. He brought scriptures to actually quoted scriptures. Glory to miracles were happening. They didn't even know it. (laughs) I quoted scriptures without looking. (laughs) And uh, preached for over an hour. And I'm looking and the people are smiling and spiritually rubbing their bellies going yum. And I thought, it's got to be a miracle. Got to be a God has moved. These people don't know how much God has moved in this place today. But that's how could we get from nothing to here? You had to start. And if I'd have waited on a better day when I felt stronger, when I knew more, the devil could have told you a year from now, well, you're not ready yet. Well, you're not, well, it's too cold, it's too hot, there's a line in the street. Always a reason why we're not ready, it's not yet, we can wait. And while you wait, nothing is happening and you're not getting any closer to the perfect will of God. That's right. Can you say amen or or oh me or thank you, Lord. Somebody say thank you, Lord. Lord. You're still in Proverbs and I got a whole pages of stuff there, but uh, for time's sake, we won't do that. Let's, let's go right on over to James. Thanks be unto God who helps us, gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the Lord. James, the first chapter. We talked about this, but let's look at it again. Let's finish up with this. Before I read this, let me read you some other verses. Hosea 6.3, don't turn there, just listen. Hosea 6.3 says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Somebody say follow follow on. How many know he doesn't show you the whole story? Just up front, all at once. He doesn't show you the whole thing. You've got to take him by faith and start out right now, right here, and just keep going. Somebody say, keep going. Luke says, seek and you'll find. John 8 says, if you continue in my word, Jesus says. Somebody say, continue. Continue in my word. You'll be my disciples indeed and you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. We've got all kind of Christians Bless their hearts. Just waiting. Just waiting. Just waiting for it to fall on me sometime. They're just waiting. For what? And he told them to do, step up and do this. Oh, I'm not ready. Uh, obey it on this. Go over here and do this. Help this one. Be a part of this. Oh, there's other people more qualified than me. You forgot who you're talking to. <laughs> That's what Moses said, isn't he? Anybody remember Moses out at the bush? He stopped. He saw this bush on fire. God spoke to him out of the fire. He said, I want you to go to Pharaoh. I want you to tell him, let my people go. And tell him this and tell him that. And what did Moses say? What did he say? He said, Lord, you don't want me. I'm not your man. I'm a, you know, I'm wanted over there. They got posters of me over to the post office. They did. I mean, literally, you know, that kind of thing. They, they're looking for him. He's wanted for murder. And uh, 
He said, besides that, I'm not an orator. I'm not a man that's a good speaker. You don't want me. You don't want me. And the Lord looked at him and said, that's why I like you. You're so humble. It's not what happened. Somebody tell me what happened. What happened. The Bible said he became angry with him. The Lord became angry with Moses. See, people don't think right, do they? You've got to remember who we're talking to. He, he knows weaknesses about you you ain't even found out yet. <laughs> Doesn't he? <laughs> he could educate you on what you don't know and where you're coming up short. And in spite of all that, with him knowing all that, for him to ask you to do something, you should fall on your knees and go, thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for being willing to use me right here and right now, the way I am and the way I've been. I know that you know that I don't know how to do this. I can't do this unless you help me because you already knew that and you were planning on helping me before you told me to do it. So I'm counting on it, Father. I'm counting on your grace. I'm counting on it. But thank you for honoring me to use me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And finally, here in James. He said, verse 2, James 1, Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, trials, tests. Someone say trials and tests. tests. Would that involve imperfections? Being too hot, too cold, lions and wolves and bears. Oh my. In the street. And people not acting right. And you not knowing enough. Hmm? And it doesn't seem like it's a good day. And I don't seem like I'm ready. And I don't feel like I'm strong enough. And I'm sure I'm not smart enough. And there can be myriad reasons why. This is not a good time. And it's not yet and not now. But what did he say? Count it all joy. Why? God's with you anyhow, in spite of all that. He wants to use you anyhow. It's time to shout, not cry, not make excuses. It's time to shout and go, thank you, Master. Thank you. You could use other people for this. People more qualified in many ways, but hey, you want to use me? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You know you're going to have to hold my hand every day. You know you have to tell me every step to tell you. You know you got to teach me the ABCs. Of course, they already knew that. That's not the problem, never has been the problem. He's got the ability. He's got the resources. He's got the contacts. He can give you talents and skills you never imagined. Can he? It's not the problem. Problem is, are you willing? Are you willing? And it's going to take some diligence. Every afternoon. Somebody say every afternoon. Every afternoon. Say it again. Every, when I started playing in healing school, you know where I was every afternoon. As soon as I got through with everything else I had to do, I was in the practice room. Practicing. Practicing. Why? I've got to get this. i got to get this. Day after day after week after week after month after month. I'm behind. i got to get this. They're, they're counting on me. i got to do this. Are y'all with me now? 
It it requires some diligence, doesn't it? Some earnestness, some promptness, some passion, doesn't it? It would have been easy to be lazy. It would have been easy to make excuses. It would have been easy to say, get somebody else. That's what Moses told the Lord, didn't he? Get somebody else. It made the Lord angry. It is insulting, isn't it? To tell him who knows everything, who's being gracious to you, to include you. He's being gracious to allow you into this thing. He's being kind to you. He's already committed to help you do it, or he wouldn't have told you to do it to start with. And it's very insulting and very rude to make excuses as to why not. No, it's time to believe, and it's time to be diligent. Right? And say, well, Lord... Maybe you could have found some more qualified people, but you're not going to find anybody any more enthusiastic about it. I'm, I'm your man. I'm here. I'll give you everything I got. If it ain't enough, I'm believing you'll add to it. <laughs> but I might, you know, if we come up short, it won't be because I'm not trying. I'll be here. I'll give you what I got. I'll do it. That's all he expects. That's all he expects. And he'll add to you what needs to be. This is what this says. Knowing this, the trying of your faith, the pushing past your fears, your insecurities, the pushing past that which tries you, all the imperfections, it works your patience, and it does work it. But let it work. Let it work. Let your patience have her perfect and complete work, and if you'll stay with it, and if you won't quit, what'll happen? You'll wind up perfect and entire. Wanting nothing. Glory to God. In 10 years. From me not being able to find an E flat. I'm in the studio. With some of the best musicians around. Professionals that do this. They play you know in New York City. They play in Nashville. They, I mean they think notes. They think progressions. They, and the Lord is helping me in the middle of sessions. To tell them how to do it better. And they're smiling going, that'll work, yeah, it's good. Now, I couldn't have given you the language for it, but the Lord had taught me enough in that period of time to be able to do that job. And I could have very easily still been waiting for better conditions and me to be smarter and me to know better. How are you going to get there? Through patient perseverance, doing all you can diligently day after day God's going to add to you teach you bring you up it won't all happen overnight but it'll happen to such a degree that people who hadn't seen you in a few months they'll marvel they'll go wow you've improved wow you say hey it's just the Lord but you had to be diligent too stand on your feet what'll happen you push through the imperfections, you push through the insecurities, through all the things that will try your faith. What will happen? You'll wind up perfect, entire, complete, wanting nothing. You'll get there. Glory to God. Where the Lord can use you on the level that he wants to. Where he actually does have something to use. Can you say amen?
Lift up your hands. Praise the Lord. Oh, let's minister to him a little bit right now. Oh, Father, we bless you. Oh, Father, we praise you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.